Hey there, fellow nerds and nerdwells. I'm AJ, and welcome to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and dance around the boundaries of common decency. As ever, I'm duty-bound to remind you that the content from here on in is not suitable, little ears. What follows is mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. Now, as ever, I'm joined by the usual hive of abject scum and villainy. First up, coming to us, live and direct from Finland, is the best-selling author of the book titled Eritain Kimainen Tauka, which, if my GCSE finish is correct, translates as The Very Horny Caterpillar. Why did you... I was like, why is he doing a bit about ge- a book with a German title? I I don't speak German. I don't. But y- 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 say that again. Eritain Kimainen Tauka. You're saying it with a German accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what's throwing everyone off. Don't worry about it. It's not just you. right. Right. What, what's a Finnish accent? What's a Finnish accent? Well, er- <laughs> I assume the first word's Eritain. Er- Eritain. Eritain. Uh, you're doing the, I am, you are the German soldier in the World War Two movie. Um, oh, bollocks. <laughs> what was Finnish for the? How do you say the very horny caterpillar in Finnish? Uh, tossy, something, something. Uh, uh, toss, <laughs> tossy doesn't that mean was, horny. That was closer to a Finnish accent than what AJ did. <laughs> okay, we have to give him points for that. Okay. Well, it's, all I'm saying uh, is, I hope the royalties. Oh, you, you're going to Google let's it now. Let's find out. The very horny category. Is my GCSE finish better than your Google Translate? This is what this is what he was going to Google before before we started. Yeah, yeah. He was just going to throw it in as a as a random non sequitur. I see what you're Eredain Kimainen Tolka. That's what I said. Well, uh, somebody wants more XP, listeners. Shout, shout out to the horny caterpillars out there. I mean, also, I guess, I guess, because of AJ, we have to do a shout out to the horny cap. Ca- caterpillars in, yeah, in the horny caterpillars. The, the horny caterpillars in Germany as well. <laughs> the horny cap- He's gone from a woke millennial thirst trap to a horny <laughs> capitalist. That's <laughs> never going away, Mister Neil. Wow, That's never going away. Wow, excellent. Die ganz geile Raupe. That means shout out to my Raupers. What's a Raupper? Uh, I think that's German for caterpillar. Oh, <laughs> oh, nice. Right. Next up, we have a man who is scientifically considered to be a caffeine-based life form. It's the one and only Mr. Chris Rag. Are you buzzing currently, or have you come down since the weekend? I'm actually drinking a coffee right now, so I am. Gonna... You shut up. Oh, uh, yeah. I will, I will not, sir. I will not. Mm. What, what's, what's your heart rate currently? Are we in the like high 220s? Right. Uh, at least 300. Mm. Okay. And last, but not least, we have a man, many regard as the J.R.R. Tolkien of D&D, due to his obsession with writing fanfiction about his highly polished ring. <coughs> it's the horny capitalist himself, Mr. Chris Neal. How the devil are you? I don't understand where, that, where that's come from. Uh, it's very good until... The people are lapping it up, Chris. I've seen pre-sales of your book. It's good until you think about it. It sounds like a top-notch like joke intro thing, and then you think about it, you think that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, no. Hey, hey. 
Yeah, AJ, do your research, son. Yeah. I spent many minutes writing this shit. Many, many minutes. And in some case, seconds. It's also, yeah, it's also, it's also, like, it's a good joke, but it's also, like, one that you could use on any of us, and it wouldn't, like, there's no... You're a copywriter, Chris. There's no specificity to it. You work with words for a living. I do. Hmm. You, 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 you are the best of us when it comes to grammar. Just like, just J.R.R. Tolkien, who was famously a, an advertising uh, copywriter, wasn't famous. No, it's true. You are. You're much better than the rest of us with grammar. I've, I've often seen you playing around with other people's colons. <laughs> what I do in the privacy of my own home and uh, the privacy of other people's <laughs> other people's uh, bodies is completely besides the point. It's a good job we've all got basements in Sheffield. <laughs> true. True. There might be some. Uh, there might be some detritus down there. Oh, I love the word detritus and effluvia been a long time since i've used either of those words right let's move on before i start cracking jokes about semicolons right would you like a recap before we get going because it's been a hot week it's been a hot week it's been a, a hot, hot while a hot it has week. been a hot week i see uh yeah it's been a hot while for some of us so here we go last we left off with our intrepid adventurers they had found themselves on the wrong end of some supernatural shenanigans belsiar and aristobulus were fighting off a feral attack from a recently risen vampire doing their very best to prevent it escaping, eventually incinerating it in the midday sun. In the meantime, Tati had one of his funny spiritual turns and saw a vision of a beautiful pale-skinned vampiress preying on the village's weak and vulnerable. Reuniting, the party set to work trying to find this scourge of the night. Belsiar heading off to an artisanal fromagerie in a bid to find garlic, and Hanash heading off to the church in search of silver. It was here that he quite unwittingly discovered one of the vampire's thralls, the reverend, the reverend Yarmolenko, who drugged Hanash using tainted tea. As Hanash's lights went out, he could see the beautiful form of the pale vampiress dressed all in black, as he slipped into a warm and inviting slumber. And that is where we will pick up with this week's episode. No. Did, was was Reverend Revenant meant to be a joke? Because that's actually pretty clever. No. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 fluffed, I fluffed my lines. I, weirdly, the words artisanal fromagerie caught my eye before I reached them, and I panicked and lost my way. Yeah. <laughs> We've not done our vocal warm-ups this evening, listeners. So much vocal fry. Right, so... Hanash, you are slipping into a warm coma. We're going to start the episode, Hanash, with you out of it. But we're going to pick up with the rest of the gang, who are all on the village fate, gathered around a maypole. As they had the great plan to draw everyone out into the midday sun to see who was missing. So most of you are all gathered around. Belsiar has plugged his chest wounds using uh, a Wensleydale, I believe. And there, you you ask the lady in the artisanal fromagerie to put on, you know, like a little, you know, food and etc. And um, Silas um, and Ethel have come back with some drinks for people. Um, as you you gauge the villagers who are all gathered, looking sheepish and worried on the village green. But what are you all doing? It's just ticked over about one o'clock in the afternoon. Can I? Go over to Silas and Edith, was it? And ask, um, yeah, I'll go over to them, um, and I'll ask them, 
It looks like it looks like most of the village probably has has gathered. Do you know? Can you do you know off the top of your head who's missing? Did you did you bring the census list like I asked? As Silas says, the what you sent me for drinks? As Ethel, as Edith, even says, don't mind, dear. I'll save the day. As she reaches into her handbag, just shuffling around a bit, pulls out, you know, various hoops of keys, a hairbrush, some hairbands, some tweezers, and pulls out like a manila portfolio. Um, It's got one of those really cool things that you only see in movies where instead of actually having clips on it, it's got like a piece of string that you wheel around a small wheel as she like unwheels it and hands it to you. It's quite a thick document. Here you go, dear. The census from last year. As accurate a picture as we have got. Okay. I guess I'll I'll if they're if they're stood in the like middle of like near the maypole, uh, I guess if she's given it to me, I guess she wants me to do fucking roll call. Well no, dear. You asked me for it. I don't expect you to know everyone by name in this village. You've only been here five minutes. I appreciate the priest has spread his bodily fluids among some of them, but I don't <laughs> think that you would be expected to know the names of all the people who live in this village. Well, I mean... Would you, would you like me to do the roll call? Yes, please. That would be good. If you could, um, it appears that we're starting to lose some people around the fringes. Uh, we may need a bit of a sheepdogging. Um, people are starting to, well, dissent. All right. Uh, I'll get my... I'll get my uh, best uh, best woman on the case, and uh, I'll, I'll go with um, I'll go with Barbara and start wandering around the um, the perimeter of people, just shooing nice. them back in. Fucking amazing, sheep dogging. Okay, as you as you start dragging people back in, there's a lot of there's a lot of unease amongst the villagers. Um, you see the speckly ginger bloke. Um, who was riddled with STIs? Who's who you brought back from the edge of the village? The other episode, uh, he still pulled the cowl up over his face, like hiding from mm. the blazing sun. Uh, what are you? What are you doing, Aristobulus? Aristobulus, Belsia, Belsia, Aristobulus, Belsia. I know the difference between the characters. It's only been three years. <laughs> I, um, of course, I know the name of the bloody character. I suppose I'll just be setting the cheeses up. Make, like kind of I guess chopping them up into little squares and making a, a cheese hedgehog little, little yeah little, little cocktail sticks with a piece of pineapple and a piece of cheese on them okay um, make me make me a perception check well, I can't suppose I can't think there'd be much to perceive other than the cheese but <laughs> wow how dare you how dare you what I do is an art I will indulge you don't question it thank you uh, 11 yes 11 11 even by your scant perception you realise in this backwater village in the middle of the rural countryside it is unlikely that a pineapple <laughs> is growing as you look round in amongst the cheese and the breads um, the ginger lady from the artisanal fromagerie has actually put on quite a good spread and there is a nice selection of soft and hard cheeses um, you do see various root vegetables um, parsnips um, potatoes and some uh, vine fruits like tomatoes other vine fruits are available I'm not sure what else grows on a vine grapes 
There are grapes. Oh, yep. that's pretty. Grapes and cheese on a stick. Man. No one ever went wrong with that. Grapes and cheese. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Um, and I suppose keeping an eye out. Last steps and cheese. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably the best option. <laughs> Just on the offhand, there's no like, um, no one's got any pickled onions or garlic. I think garlic might be useful. Um, you've got garlic cheese. Obviously, you've got it smeared into your chest. Oh yeah. Oh, the, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'll just while I'm, I'd, I will. I'll prepare the cheese on sticks, and I'll just walk around uh, offering it to people, but wafting a garlic smell as I go, and I'll I'll keep an eye out to see if anyone's looking uncomfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm not even going to make you on that scant perception check that you've already done. I mean, you, in, in your, you know, wizard's robes, um, the wound is festering and you've packed it full of cheese, but it is still a sebaceous wound. And the the, the, the clear fluids that are dripping from the wound are starting to unsettle people. It's hard to gauge whether it's the garlic or the festering wound, which are, which are scaring people. Yeah. As, as you see the ginger woman who's like alright I see what you've done I'm very sorry about earlier I didn't mean to flirt with you like that I'd like to keep this purely transactional if we can uh, I appreciate your cheese craft with the grapes and uh, if you'd like me to reapply a smattering of garlic roulade to your chest I will happily repack the wound for you I, uh, I rip off my my robes and I say Cheese me up. All right. I'm getting very mixed messages from you here. Um, As you see, she puts some Jacob's crackers into a tea towel, smashes them, and applies a solid top layer to your wounds. Just a sort of flaky, crumbly crust. (laughs) Right. As we're going to leave those two romantically packing the wound, um, we are... (laughs) (laughs) going to... A brand new sentence. What's that look on your face, Mr. Nick? <laughs> Romantically packing the wound might be um, the, the, the name of the episode. Right, oh. Mr. Neil, in the amount you look over and you see that very weird sight going on over the top of the uh, table of cheese as um, Edith comes back to you and says, okay, I've been through the census and from what I can see there are only three people missing from... Yeah. Would you like to know who they are? I would I would fucking love to, Edith. <laughs> okay. Well, the first of them is the Reverend Yarmolenko. Hmm. He's been the minister of the church here for many years, a good man, a kindly man. Not very exciting, but almost impervious to um, temptation or sin. Hmm. And God knows I've tried. Hmm. The second man who is missing is... Basil Chooks. He is the grief counsellor of the village. A shoulder to cry on. A dependable man who is in control of his emotions. He appears to be absent. And last of all, Jiffy Foofwood. The village witch doctor. I think we know who the vampire is. <laughs> uh, Tatty's uh, cynical side is kicking in. Uh, he's like, he kind of like groups these three men by their jobs of being like 
priest, grief counselor, and doctor, and he's like, these people see see people when they're at... Wait, witch doctor? Didn't we do a thing? Didn't we do it like a uh, whole joke? No, no, no. A witch doctor, not a practitioner of pure medicine, but a man who channels spiritual means for medical outcomes. You asked me if there was a doctor. Jimmy Foofwood is not a recognized medical man. He has no degree. Does he like to correct people a lot when, when they call him doctor? He's like, no, I'm a witch doctor. I have yes. A higher, I have a higher calling. He's not Dr. Foofwood. Yeah. He is merely Jiffy Foofwood. I would not trust him to deliver a child. Yeah, so Tati's like grouping these three people by their jobs and being like, ah, all three of them see people when they're when they're very vulnerable. Uh, so, to, yeah, Tati's like, they, it could be that it could be that one or more of them are just a victim, but do I know where the... Hmm. I'm going to ask Edith to point me in the direction of uh, the church, the witch doctor's, I don't know, cabin? So, surgery? Wherever, wherever he operates out of. Not a doctor. Does not have a surgery. Um. Yep, of course. So, um, just just for the sake of expediency of storyline, um, it's a smallish village, and it's rather hard to miss the church as it has a spire. Um, you know which way Hanash went to the church, and Edith um, upskills you in the directions that the witch doctor and the grief counsellor, both of which um, peddle their trade out of their respective huts. So you know which which one are you going to go to first? Hmm. How long ago did Hanash leave? Uh, 45 minutes heading on an hour okay um i think because he's not come back yet i would actually say i'd go to the church first if it was like 15 minutes or something i'd probably just i'd probably just let him die no uh i i probably would genuinely just be like oh he'll be back in a minute and go see the others first but because he's been gone a little while and this is only a very small village sure I'll round up. I'll round up Belsiar and Aristobulus and Maud. You have to do that very awkward moment where Belsiar is in the middle of of having somebody slather cheese and crackers on his chest as you have to step into the middle. As Belsiar, you hear a cough and look down and see Tatty. <laughs> She's getting under my armpits. <laughs> it's turned into a whole exfoliation treatment. <laughs> Tatty, as that's going on for you, well, I say that's going on for you, like you're, as you're having that bizarre experience, we're going to pan to Hanash. Now, Hanash, you are feeling queasy. You're feeling nauseous. Your head is spinning. Your eyes open to darkness as you feel a hideous, the bile rising in the back of your throat. You can feel something is wrong as your consciousness comes back online very slowly realizing the aches and pains in your legs you feel you realize your ankles are bound together the rope biting into your ankles and your arms have been tied behind your back as you open your eyes you see nothing but darkness as you smell the fetid stench of a hood fabric bag has been pulled over your head <laughs> as you vomit inside the bag <laughs> lying on the floor I'm on the floor I'm not like on a chair I'm like now nah, you're lying on the floor 
Okay. On your right hand side. So I'm going to kind of like do the worm to try and like wiggle the back of my head. <laughs> okay. I mean, have, just genuinely, I was just playing along and yes, ending there. Have you been sick? Uh, I'm not saying it will help your defense or your escape in any way, but just from a narrative point of view, the listeners would love to know. Yeah, why have not? You I, mean, I was feeling okay. sick. I'm in the bag. Yeah, I've gone. Oh, Jesus Christ. Get rid of one at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got a bag full of sick over your head as you do you do the worm. Uh, make me... Ooh. Make me an athletics check. Yeah, boy. 22. Nice. 22? Yeah, boy. Okay. You flail around. Nimbly at first, and then with great vigour and energy, you bounce around, pulsating like the very horny caterpillar that you are, <laughs> gagged and tied. You bounce around the room. You feel something smash into the side of you as your hands lock onto a chair leg. You've wiggled your way around the room and your hands behind the behind your back and the small of your back tied, but your, the fingers are loose behind them. You're tied to the wrist and your hands grip something hard and firm and long. And after a moment's panic, you realise it's a chair leg. Okay, is my bag still on my head? I was like, come on, no. Your bag is still on your head. Okay. And now vomit is all over your hair and eyes and up your nose. Um, Can I try and get... So my arms are behind my back tied up. Yeah. Can I try and, like, um, put them, like, below my feet and, like, around? So try and get my arms in front of me still. Yeah, okay, make me... I will, I, what I'll do, I'll make you make this check, but I will take into account the fact you got a twenty-two for your for your um, athletics. So if you make me an acrobatics check, I will grade it favorably. Sure, <laughs> natural one. <laughs> 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 did it favorably? Favorably? A favorable natural one. <laughs> natural one. Um, as you try and like almost skip over your arms you jump and you leap and you stretch and you jump and you leap pain flies up your body starting in your groin and traveling up your spine in milliseconds it hits your brain's epicenter of pain as you realize in your jumping and whooping and leaping you've hopped bollocks first onto the corner of a desk you've orientated yourself in the room but you have done yourself rolls dice two points of groinal damage <laughs> groinal damage it's not burst you've not popped the sack <laughs> it will it's heavily bruised heavily bruised so mark, mark down two points of groinal damage uh, but what you have done is you've found a chair and a table <laughs> look on the bright side can I investigate around the table to try and find something sharp please Using what your face? No, or... so I'm gonna, like I'm going to kind of go backwards and kind of touch. Oh, you. okay, okay, okay. Yep, make make me an investigation check. Uh, Eighteen. Eighteen. Um, feeling along the table, you feel it's a wooden table, quite worn. As you feel a mat, and then your fingers reach something cold and metal. As you realise it's the edge of a plate. As you drag a metal plate. As you push your fingers over they go into something cold and wet and sticky as whatever's in the plate is now in your fingers you 
<laughs> you um, keep going. You feel something cold, metal, and hard in your hands like a rod. Okay, can I go back to the plate, please? I want to pick up the plate. Yep. I want to discard the gooeyness that's inside. And I'd like to slowly back up to a wall, which I'm yep. hoping is stone, and rub the and rub the plate against the wall to try and get it to be a bit sharper. Okay. So as as you back up, hopping, 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 the pain of the swelling in your testicles still running up your spine and into your mind, your fingers sticky with some kind of stew. You're getting through the vomit in the head sack, you're getting the sense of cinnamon. You think maybe it was some sort of porridge with oats, morning oats. But um, as you hop backwards with the plate, you smash into something hard, jarring against what your fingers tell you is a stone wall. As you rub and rub and rub... This sounds filthy. As you rub, you can hear the scraping of metal upon stone. As you hear a creak as a door somewhere in front of you, you can hear the handle go down and a door creak open. Can I... Can I orientate myself based on the sound so I'm facing this person and like wow and then trying to like rub the plate on my like, <coughs> like behind my back and trying to like conceal it uh, rub my yeah, plate sure. the, against the rope make me a sleight of hand check sure. 11 11 I mean it's not the subtlest thing you've ever done but you know with your other senses being deprived you, you're aware of where you heard the sound as you subtly try and hook the metal plate uh, up under your shirt and pants behind you and block the sight of it with your body to the noise you heard as you hear footsteps slowly stepping across the room. And that is where we're going to pan back to the other character. As we're going to leave, we're going to leave Hanash slightly bruised, covered in vomit and porridge uh, with a metal plate. It's just a Tuesday morning for Hanash. <laughs> 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 right Tati Belsiar what are you doing before we leave can I just make sure to get the address of the witch doctor because I might need some exorcisms yeah yeah but yeah I mean just just for the sake of it the, um, Edith has shown you the location and Tati I'll say that information is disseminated around around the group you make your ways well, no, I'm not going to tell you what you're doing. Yes, I'm, I'm just telling you. You know where they are. What would you like to do as you head towards the church? We'll take Aristobulus as well. Uh, I'm just trying to decide whether to take Maud as well or whether we need someone on on <coughs> village. Last we left Maud, she was sitting on the cricket pavilion up on the balcony on the first floor and she'd had the blacksmith's hammer and she was almost in overwatch. She's the one who alerted you to the weird guy in the pulled up cowl who'd run away. So we, you can you can leave Maud and uh, Nigel. Is it Keith? I think it's Keith. Uh, whatever a sugar glide is called. Those two you can you can leave on Overwatch if you want. I think I'll leave. I'll ask Barbara to stay with them as well. Um, I'm worried about worried about um, getting attacked by uh, vampires and Barbara getting hurt. So I'm going to ask Barbara to stay with Maud and Maud and Keith and the menagerie. It's amazing how much care you put into your, your wolf now, since you've realised how vulnerable she is. You stopped charging her into the front line of battle. Yeah, she's less of a uh, she's less of a wolf-shaped missile now. She's more of a 
She's more of a familiar, a wolf-shaped um, friend. And now that you've know that now that you know that you can kill you can kill pets. Now that um, <laughs> Marvin's died, you know that that's not beyond me. Um, I re- I respect I respect your um, sensible pet care as you leave you leave Maud the sugar glider and your pet wolf on the balcony uh, watching over the crowd as um, you make your way through the afternoon sun to the church now the church is it's, it's a hickledy pickledy kind of building um, it's not anything modern or beautiful but it is functional as you see it has a tall spire with a bell tower in the top stained glass windows on the side and two large oaken doors which are partially ajar also you notice just for the sake of narrative um, past a picket fence on one side is a graveyard I just get flashbacks mm. to the last time we encountered the church door <laughs> and I say Hanash can't be here because the door is still intact <laughs> yeah, thinking about him like he's already gone. Just like Hanash would love this. He'd have, he'd have shot it a thousand times until he hit himself. There's no blood here. Must already be in the graveyard. God, these guys. Do By the way, what? What? But just for the sake of being a DM and completeness, what are you doing with Nibble Nobble Gobble and um, Toad Flaps? Toad Flaps can come with us, I guess, because I don't think she. I don't think she'd wait around in the village based on okay. based on the, the conditions of her life pact. Uh, Nibble, Nobble, and Gobble can stay with uh, Maud and, um, and the and the pets. So Nibble, Nobble, and Gobble are just like keeping the perimeter with a knife, a fork, and a spoon between them, just keeping the keeping the villagers. In. Can can Maud do a little arts and crafts session for the village children about how to make a bag out of squirrels? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Going to do taxidermy on Job's yeah. smelt butter or whatever his name was. Just while they're... Um, smelt liquor. Um, yes. Okay. Yep, sure. We'll just we'll just retcon something in. Maud's, Maud's entertaining the village children in the world's most disturbing way possible. Now, you've made your way to the door with the church. Open a jar. Big, imposing doors. 20 foot. Hmm. We'll, uh... Well, I guess we'll just stroll in. Like at the moment, we don't really have any reason to to be concerned. I guess it's a- just... apart from vampires. <laughs> Fine. I mean, like based on the people that based on the people that we're looking for, we're just like it's a it's a reverend. Uh, I'm trying not to bring too much real world skepticism here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll uh, okay. we'll pop into the church and see see what it looks like. Okay. So as you push the doors open, a fetid stench hits your nose, mustiness, and just rotten, the smell of rottenness. Uh, You see a rat skitter past your leg and head off into the sunshine. Um, As you look down the rows of pews, they're not disturbed too much, but neither are they particularly in, you know, wonderful nick. It's just a dusty, dank church as rays of multicoloured light burst through in prisms through the stained glass windows illuminating different patches with the tiled floor of the church and swathes of colour you see little motes of dust dancing in the rays of light haunting <laughs> I guess the uh, I guess the smell <laughs> has probably put put the hackles up a little bit can we do a uh, 
if did you say it didn't look like the pews had been disturbed? I guess we'll do like a perception check around to see what we can figure out from like the other things in the in the room. Yeah. You can have advantage if you've got more than one of you mean you've got a bunch of Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll Woo Uh that's a twenty-two. Jesus Christ, you don't know you've you've gone all beautiful mind. Uh looking around you 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 see it's a it's a well used church with you know all the accoutrements of, of a place of worship with hymn books and kneelers and a, a rudimentary pipe organ at the back, but something feels squiffy. Um, there's a foul air to the place, and as much as there's no rot, you see there's almost like it's slightly dishevelled, like slightly more cobwebbed and dank than it should perhaps be, and there's a mildew and a mould on the walls like a rising damp. Hmm. Okay. Um, can we see from this main kind of a big room, like the hall that we're in, can we see um, any... Um, we've come in through the main entrance, so can we see any doors on like the far side of the room into like... Is it like a lectern or something like that? Yeah, there's a lectern at the top. It's, it's So down the main nave of the church, um, you you see pews to either side and a, and a, a big carved wooden lectern um, in the shape of an eagle with its wings spread with a big holy book on the eagle's wings um, on like a dais on a kind of like you know, raised platform where a speaker could stand and address the congregation and um, there's no one in the church at the moment um, save for several spiders and you think as you look up you can see the fluttering of some sort of winged creature up in the rafters you do notice at the back on the right-hand side the doors to to a to a to a room in the back right-hand corner. Hmm. I guess um, I'll gesture to uh, Belsiar and Aristobulus towards the 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 door in the back right-hand corner, and um, and we'll make make our way over there. I guess once I get closer to the door, I'll start going stealthily. I mean, is, is that your plan? You, if you want to move by stealth, make me a stealth check. I, I, I'm on here. Uh, that's a natural 19 for a 29. Jesus fucking Christ. You, it, yeah. It's like you were never here. Um, you, you individually, as you break a strand of a spider web, you pick it back up, lick your finger, run it along the web and put it back down on the floor so that everything is completely <laughs> undisturbed and in the condition that you found it in. Um, making not a sound, you make your way through the aisle down the side of the church as you stand now within five feet of the doors of back room to the church. Simple oaken door, about six foot in height, with a brass handle and a keyhole. But AJ, isn't the aisle in the middle of the church? The nave is in the middle of a church. The mm. aisles are down the side. Thank you. It's That's... one of those, I believe, <laughs> pedants always <laughs> say that the bride doesn't walk down the aisle. She walks down yes. the nave. But it doesn't sound as cool. The favourite of pedants. Yeah, everyone loves a pedant. Um, right. 
So, we, we, we're going to leave Tati and Co. standing outside the, the, the wooden door as we're going to pan back to you, Anash, grasping the metal plate. Father! <laughs> um, grasping the metal plate behind your back, you hear footsteps across the room gently walking towards you. Are you here to help me? I'm so scared! Connor <laughs> pretends that he is fearless. Um, you hear the footsteps coming closer and closer, echoing off the walls as someone or something picks up the chair you knocked over and you hear it being righted in front of you as you feel a presence standing mere feet away from you. Thank you for picking up a chair. I knocked it over in my anguish. <laughs> Who goes there? You feel a single hand as a hand reaches out. Now, interestingly, through the, the gore, through the fabric of the sack, you can make out very faint outlines and shapes in the room as you see a blurry shape in front of you. As a single finger reaches out, cold and icy, pushed to your lips, <laughs> stopping your jibber-jabber. I, I lick it. I instantly <laughs> lick it. <laughs> um, oh, dear God. Um, I never thought I'd say this, Hanash. Make me a dexterity check. <laughs> I'm not trapped in here with you. You're Give me a pure dexterity me. check. Uh, oh, no. Fuck yeah, 19. 19. It's amazing what you can discern with a nimble tongue. As <laughs> your tongue flicks up and down the shaft of the digit, um, feeling first the girth of the digit then the knuckle flicking along the tip a burst of pain shoots through your tongue as you feel a warm coppery taste in your mouth as you've cut yourself on a sharp nail on the top of the finger as you feel the warm coppery fluid flow back down your tongue into your mouth you think for a moment you hear a groan in front of you I was, I was intending that to come badass, but I've, I've, I've become weak. No, you have my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> you have busted me. <laughs> yeah, then. You feel a presence in front of you. Almost pause for a minute. This wasn't in their plan. As you feel one hand cold on your shoulder as the other hand a single finger with a sharp nail transcribing the length of your shirt you can feel it running first up your stomach and then your chest across your nipple up your neck down your jawline as it rubs against the blood on the front of your mouth and is pulled away you, you like that? <laughs> It does. I, I, definitely does. I, I look up, I, I, I tilt my head upwards, 45 degrees, and I spray blood everywhere. Like, I, I, I tongue out my tongue and I blow, and I just, like, get a <laughs> mist of blood in the air. 
Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to make you roll. <laughs> um, oh, go on then. Go on, go on, go on. I am going to make you roll. Uh, make, make me. Be, 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 be. <laughs> oh God. Are we going? What would you even do there? I think you're going to have to make me. Hmm. Just roll me, roll me a d20 and add <laughs> your. Roll me a roll me a d twenty, and and add me your skill modifier on it, your whatever. Proficient. It is. Yeah, your. I think that's I think that's just three. plus three. Seven. Woo. Seven. As you burst forward, spitting out. Unfortunately, the bag flows back down over your nose, and just a spray of blood just coats the inside. I was going to tell you. Again. <laughs> That it seemed hilarious not to. <laughs> you you hear the slightest, almost imperceivable groans. You can't tell whether the groan is out of frustration or ecstasy as a hand is clamped down, grasping you by your spike and pulling your head to one side, exposing your neck. You feel a sharp fingernail running up the side of your neck, which is not hidden by the the, the, the sack over your head. Um, we're going to leave Hanash there, vulnerable, and we're going to pan back to the party outside the door. Um, did you say the door was already open, like a little bit ajar? No, no that was the front door of the whole church. Oh, right. This, oh, door's, okay. this door's closed. Okay. Um, I'm going to... Can I check it for traps? Absolutely, you can. Um, I think that's just an investigation check. Um, uh, and then, yeah. if, and then if I and then if I need to disarm anything, it's a thieves' tools check. Uh, that is a twenty-three investigation. Yep, years of adventuring and cynicism have imbued upon you the skill sets. To, to to safely assess a door as you look for all the usual traps pressure pads uh, triggers like trip wires things like that you cannot discern anything of the natural that would trigger or cause harm from this door it just looks like to the best of your knowledge a solid oak door with a brass handle and keyhole Okay. Is it locked? For that roll, yeah. As you very gently shuffle the brass handle. I'll unlock. I'll try and unlock the door. Hmm. Um, I think I think that's just, for thieves tools, I think it's just dexterity plus my proficiency for thieves tools. Um, which makes sense. So that'll be a plus seven. Um, let's give it a go. Uh, fifteen. Fifteen. You pull out your your leather pouch with your different picks and tools and locks, as you assess the lock with your itsy bitsy tiny fingers. You sticking a pinky in, you feel the number of pins, and you get the requisite number <laughs> of uh, lock picks. As you play and tease <laughs> with the tumblers. With a click and a clunk and a turn, it's art form. 
At one point, you look round and you see everyone is standing behind you with bated breath, watching you as a bead of sweat rolls down your head. As with a final clunk-click. For the first time in a while, you've successfully unlocked a door without breaking your thieves' door. <laughs> how, was, how was that little bit of memory for you? That was beautiful. It really inspired me onto higher things. Really, that was... Uh, we should start an improv troupe. I'll turn. I'll turn around to the other two, just with like a just a shit-eating grin on your face. And I'll uh, I'll gently turn the turn the brass up. As you lick the picks clean, put them back in your leather. Roll roll it up, tie it off, and put it in your backpack. Um, it's important to, to the aftercare of lock picks is very important, or they go rusty and brittle. Try and hide your boner. I'm not going to lick them clean. Hide your boner. I probably do have a boner. That's that's yeah. uh, fine. As as you adjust the church um, kneeler that you've picked up to to hide your. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you've got a copy of the Bible just balanced over yourself. Like. Yeah, it's uh, um, all the pages are ripped now. Um, absolutely. The Bible is now stuck together. Um, as you gently turn the handle and you hear the clunk click, the door opens. There's an ever so slight squeak of the hinges as the door starts to open. Okay. Um, I'll um, stay in stealthy. I'll move through the door, um, checking my corners. Slicing the pie, as you like to say. Yep, as you hear that... <laughs> As the door creaks open, um, you see the room in the corner. There's a waxy tallow candle, because that's the only kind of candle that exists in D&D, which is offering a wan light, illuminating the room very scarcely. As you look about, you see a desk with various scriptures and scrolls across it, an ink bottle and a feather pen, a chair shelves full of different books stand in the corner with holy vestments on it and various cupboards at the back as you look down on the floor you see two things a slightly crumpled and crushed packet of ginger nuts and a smashed cup of tea mm. i mean you you assume it's tea you can stick your finger in and taste it if you wish about to ask. There's, there's a brown fluid on the floor and, and a smashed mug Hmm. Do you like the weird Aragorn thing from Two Towers? Like, uh, when he's like, a hobbit lay here, and another here. I'm like, Anash got into a fight here. You would never drop his snacks willingly. Looking at the silhouette made out of crushed gingerbread crumbs. <laughs> yeah, a weird, a weird pace, a weird pace that started to come together. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? There's no one in the room. Can I check out the... Can I check out the desk? Did you say that there was some like there was some parchment on there and like a quill? Can I see if there's anything that's been written and left left behind? Sure. Um, make me an investigation check. Dally ho! Oh. Uh, nine. Nine. Uh, lots of holy books. Um, lots. There's half a sermon. Clearly, the Reverend Yarmolenko was halfway through writing his next Sunday sermon. It's something long and boring about morals and ethics and about how the passage and the road of righteousness is narrow and how the way of the wicked is slutty and wide. 
open. Um, yeah. I mumble something under my breath about not having to be religious to be a good person um, and uh, discard the sermon. This is the bit where you notice Hanash has left you an invisible note using semen <coughs> as you hold the can... No, I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm joking. No. no. <laughs> Illegal. No. <laughs> Illegal. No. Bad. Out of bounds. Cancelled. <laughs> right. There's no one in this room. Can I put on the vestments quickly? A, I assume they're quite nice. They're high quality. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a cassock. If you're familiar with a cassock, uh, which is like a priestly uh, black, long-flowing nice, yeah. robe. And I can't remember what the fuck it's called. I used to know it's a bit like a scarf that goes across the top, but it's made out of nice fabric. Um, Catholic priests wear them. Um, like a stole. Boom! Years of being abused by the church. Uh, so you, you can wear a black cassock and there's a nice multicoloured stole, which is almost like a scarf you wear over the top and two long bits go down the front and it's got some uh. lovely woven fabrics. There's some pictures like in gold leaf on it. That does sound nice, but I don't know what a stole is, so I just wear it as a scarf. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You swing it over your head. You can already see the grease from the cheese is starting to bleed through the front of the cassock. <laughs> sure. You can you can wear holy vestments if you wish. Um, you notice the cupboard at the back slightly ajar, Tatty. Hmm. I'll um. I'll wait. The cupboard. Yeah, there's like a there's a there's a cupboard at the back. All oh, right. Okay. Um. I thought I thought you said it was a bookcase before. Well, there was. There's a bookcase and a shelf with lots of different you know spiritual writings and tomes on it, and yeah, there's a big wooden cupboard at the back with two doors okay I'll look over at Belsiar and Aristobulus and I'll just I'll gesture at the um, at the cupboard and I'll head over to it and gently kind of pry it open gently opening the door you see something glittering in the low candle light as you reach in and pull out a single silver candlestick holder and as you look down you see various silver holy Sacraments, you see uh, a chalice, a plate, and two candlestick holders made of shiny silk. I whisper, jackpot. <laughs> I guess we'll take them. I mean, we when we talked about it before, that was why Hanash came here, wasn't it? Just to get some silver. Uh, we'll take them. So two silver candlesticks, a chalice, and um, a plate. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, cool. Yeah, we'll take those. Okay. Um, I guess I'll give um, I'll give Aristobulus the chalice. I'll give um, I'll give um, Belsiar one of the candlestick holders and the um, and the plate, and I'll keep one of the candlestick holders. It just all of us stood around next to the cupboard holding various uh, bits of silverware. I'm just like, well, this is obviously the coolest we've ever looked. When, mm. when we're about to go to battle. As you look over, you see um, Toad Flaps has picked up the crushed packet of ginger nuts and is just fingering the remains out of it and eating them. Okay. Fair enough. And that's where we're going to quickly pause for a drinks break at halftime because that punctuates this episode nicely in the middle. Structure, baby. Smoke if you got them. Drink if you need to. 
See you back here in five. Picking back up where we left off. Hanash is having some sort of sensual encounter with somebody. And the rest of you are trying to find him. Well, you've drawn a blank in the back room of the church. But you can see the silverware is still there. And some sort of tea time kerfuffle has ensued. But the question is, what are you going to do? Can I ransack the bookcase to see if there's a secret book that opens a secret portal? Absolutely you can. I would like to give him the help action uh, in doing this. I don't need help to ransack. <laughs> <laughs> Basically just destroy things. <laughs> I'm going to say a ransacking is an athletics check, please. Let's see... <laughs> With advantage, if yes, you must. I'll, I'll I'll take the uh, I'll take the help. Now who's fucking laughing? Uh, oh, two two seven. All the seventeens, uh, eighteen. All the seventeens, eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! You should work in bingo hall. <laughs> all the seventeens, eighteen. I never. I want to get the bat bingo. That's not the <laughs> It's one more than seventeen. 19. Do you know, literally, the weird thing is that was uh, Prince Andrew's defence in court, too. <laughs> just want to just wanna make sure just make, make sure we've got the, the, the start and end mark for the editing of that yeah. one. Just make sure we can pull it out for a social vid. Uh, that was, that was Prince... Let's not use the word pulling it out. <laughs> Prince Andrew's defence. <laughs> oh, the 17s. 18. She, she she was a bingo caller at 18. <laughs> Okie doke. Right, we're just going to sweep that smut back under the carpet and uh, we're going to carry on. Yes, so two 17s make an 18. The pair of you just ransack, knocking over, um, just clearing stuff off the table, pulling drawers out, turning them upside down, shaking them out. Um, you sweep off all the books um, on the top of the shelf and just flick through them other than finding a hidden scroll which has some sort of slightly erotic drawing of two nymphs on it that was hidden um, in the middle of a epistle to one of the saints you find a leather-bound diary. Interesting. I, I, I mean, automatically hand the scroll to Aristobulus and uh, investigate the diary. Aristobulus is like, what do you think? I don't know. Don't sully me. No. This is holy ground. <laughs> and then puts it in his pocket. <laughs> this is holy ground where the, where the priest does his work and where he stashed his pawn. <laughs> this is holy ground. <laughs> When everyone's not looking, Aristobulus neatly folds it up four ways and just slides it down the front of his pants. You find a leather diary with a bound cord around it. I'd like to unbind it and read it. Slipping the cords off it, 
they're just bound round and round you you unwind it releasing the pages as you see a similar handwriting to that of the sermon note but this is a nervous and an anxious handwriting which jitters around and struggles to stay on the line and moves about the page a scrawl an inky scrawl as you read it it's the mad ramblings of somebody recounting their worries and fears that their mind is not their own that they're being watched that their will is not their own and as you scan over it you see the fevered rattlings and mumblings get worse and worse and the writing gets more and more like scrawled and feral Um, at one point changing to a dark brown ink that you assume might be blood as you from that roll and the 217s and 18 you work out Yarmolenko has got himself involved in something altogether unworldly and these are his fever dream notes that he's squirreled away as he's tried to make sense of his own possession by dark forces so this sounds very spooky uh, any ideas guys I mean I was going to go straight to burning the church down but that might be bad for Hanash hey you know I love you know I love tearing down churches that's that's <laughs> That they call me Tatty burns down churches, Bojangles. That, that is what <laughs> one of your nicknames. Yeah, it's it's up there with commits uh, heinous acts of vigil- vigilantism. Uh, <laughs> Tatty Bojanglemancer. <laughs> Jangle Bojanglemancer. Tatty burn jangles. Tatty. That guy over there, the the gnome guy, he's an arsonist. <laughs> Small guy, big fire. <laughs> That's like my five name. <laughs> oh, dear God. Right. You got the diary. What are you doing with the diary? Um, and the surefire knowledge that Yarmolenko is a wronger. Yeah. Can I? Can I do another? Can I do like a? Um, did we already check everything? Was that what was that what Belsial was doing, like ransacking everything in this room, or did he just do the desk? No, he did everything. Okay, cool. Um, you found the tin with the other packets of ginger hobnobs in it. Oh, that's cool. Mm. And a teapot with various wet leaves in the bottom, but no tea. <laughs> can I pick up the? Mm, can I pick up the the cup that's on the ground? And give it a give it a quick sniff. Sure, make me an investigation check. Uh, twelve. Twelve. Um, it's broken into three pieces. As you very very carefully pick it up, reconstruct the pieces, you see the mug has a slogan on it. As you read, it says, "Who's the daddy?" And on the other side, it says, "The All Father." <laughs> <laughs> As you're very careful not to get any of the fluid in your eyes, ears, nose or mouth after peyote gate there's a sensibility about you like a a reservation to poisons it does smell a bit iffy a bit like lapsang shushong 
It's got like a oh. a weird, a weird burnt umber to it. Mm. Um, I'll I'll discard the I'll discard the cup. Uh, I think we I think we know as much as we're going to get from this room. Um, when we were in the remind me when we were in like the main hall of the church, there was mm. there was the lectern door that led to yep. the like dais. And yep. then there was then there was this door in the corner yep, on the right. Um, yep. Was there any were there any other doors in the church? No, there was a large pipe organ at the back, um, and various benches and cupboards down the sides. Um, there was a baptismal font closer to the door, uh, but the lid was on. Um, and you passed over and knocked over empty donation plate. On the way in. Other than that, see that call back there, Hannah. See that call. Mm. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Can I? Can I um, take Cato out of the uh, cereal box where I keep him? And, <laughs> sure. And say, Cato, buddy, um, can you fly up into the rafters and kind of? Give us an overview. See if there's something we missed. Oh, Kato, not Pokato. Not Pokato. They're gonna hell. Pokato can't be kept in. Yep. Okay. Can you can you try and hurl? You're gonna have to try and hurl Kato to get him some momentum. Uh, can you make me an a oh, athletic? Check? Fucking he's a fucking crow. He's a bird. He's old. You're old. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. Oh, natural twenty. That never happens. Okay. Getting up into the dais. That's a 20. That never comes up. (laughs) With a gentle underarm lob standing in the dais, you hurl the bird up and in a flutter of wings, he catches, flaps his wings, swoops around a bit, saying, look at me, I'm flying, I'm flying. As he twirls around, (laughs) alighting on a rafter, you hear a... (laughs) Coming from the top of the church. Is that you, Kato? No, that is the sound of a horny geriatric pigeon. Oh, you're making friends. No. We just we just asked Kato if it was you. You could have just said yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good one, Tazzy. <laughs> As Kato, Kato's like, yes, um, may we get out of here? She's making moves on me. You don't see any bats? No. Okay, okay. I see a bone-dry cloaca, which is making a move on me. <laughs> okay, come, come back to base, Kato. Um, as you just... You just see a flurry of feathers as Kato plummets out of the rafters, um, producing an emergency landing, and just hitting the floor in a poof of feathers. What a great use of a natural Um, right, at this point we're going to quickly, as you gather up Kato, um, pop his shoulder back in and put him back in the cereal box uh, in your satchel. Um, taking one last look up at the geriatric horny pigeon who's eyeballing you from up in the rafters, we're going to pan back to Anash. I'm going to try and new tacts. I'm going to try and seduce. Hey, baby. <laughs> 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 Before I die, uh, 
Well, why don't you let me see that beautiful face of yours? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> why does he sound like a combination between Shaft and Christopher Walken? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. Right. Good Make Lord. me a persuasion check, you pervert. Oh, God. I regret being a DM. Unhin. <laughs> Unhin. Unminged. Thirteen. Thirteen. As you do your very best, sleaze and smut, you feel the fingernail, which is slowly transcribing an arc up your neck, which has been tilted to one side, pause as you just hear... <laughs> Baby, I heard you were the most beautiful lady as my friend's ever seen. My brain is swaying. My brain is swaying. I, I got to see it. You feel the presence of the person moving closer. You feel not breath, but a presence as two lips touch your exposed neck. Um, I... A tingling, cold lips touch your neck. My head <laughs> Well, I mean, your head is to one side, so are you there? You're being kissed on the neck. It's quite hard. What, you want to twat them off sideways? Do, do I feel like it's like they're about to bite me in the neck, or am I like they're just like hitting on me? Like, do I get a vibe? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me how you're feeling. Uh, well, can I get like a... Uh, an insight, a perception check to try and get a read on the situation. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roll me a perception check. Uh, 16. 16. I mean, it is weirdly erotic, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're safe. Um, like, there's there's definitely a weird anticipation and eroticism about this whole encounter. It doesn't really feel safe or consensual particularly this is more at their will than your agreement you get the feeling resistance is futile okay so what i'm gonna do i i get i get the kick kiss my neck i'm gonna i'm gonna bend down and then head from from below because i like at that standing kind of range i've got so i'm gonna try and hmm. yeah put a little bit, bit of a fight I'm, I'm worried that i'm gonna be done. okay um, I guess make me an unarmed strike. Sure. Uh, Eleven to hit. Eleven. Yeah, as you, you try and you pull your head back and dart to the side, swing your head, you feel the clamped hand crushing you down in place like a vice grip. One on top of your head, one on your shoulder, pinning you in place like a vice clamping you down you almost feel your bones stretching as you push against them you can hear the strain of your bones moving against their natural positions I okay new plan I'm going to try and break the rope with the plate while without letting them know that I'm rubbing the plate against my rope okay make me a sleight of hand check right this is it this is the killer roll this will do it I like how tense Mr. Neil's looking in the background. Yeah, man. 16? 16. As as 
you feel the raw power of the person pinning you down into place as through the silence there's just the little noise of (laughs) as you're slowly trying to cut through your ropes with a blunt plate. I I scream at the same time to uh, pretend that I'm getting hurt but actually I'm I'm right hard. Okay, okay. (laughs) as you you feel the sharpened nail re-transcribe the arc of your neck run down your shoulder your chest you feel the sharp nail running across the curve of your left buttock as the metal plate is forcibly pulled from your grip and you hear the clang as it's hurled across the room I'm gonna try and use all my strength to like break free from the rope like I might, I might have weakened it a bit in like the few seconds that I had and I'm rage, I'm really strong because I'm you know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a yeah 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 okay okay make me <laughs> make me a straight up athletics check 19 19 you Rain, pulling with all of your might, your green muscles flexing and popping. Even though you can't see them, you know your guns look good. Um, with the strain, you feel the burn as the rope is rubbing against your wrists and you can feel a wet fluid dripping between your fingers as you clearly rubbed your wrists raw. As you strain, putting all the power you can into your back muscles... Mostly motivated now by fear, what started as eroticism has turned into a cold white fear running through you. Just as the muscles in your shoulder strain, you could swear that you hear your shoulder about to pop out of joint as one of your hands flies free from the rope behind you, swaying in front of you. We're going to leave you at this point and pan back to Belsiar and Tati. Um, I I don't know whether to investigate the organ or whether we go outside and try the graveyard. See if there's like a see if there's like an entrance out there. Um, I don't know. I don't know which one feels. I don't know which one feels right. I guess vampires live in that they they need like a grave or a coffin or a crypt or something. So maybe we check yeah. see if there's any un- weird-looking mausoleums, burial chambers, yeah. arrows, crypts. I feel like that's the. I feel like that's the call. Yeah, we um, we head outside. Starting, starting to worry about 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 my about my honey bear. My um, <laughs> my, my my. But I'm right here, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, above the table talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. We we head outside. Uh, I think was I think now like stealth has kind of gone out the window. We're just like we'll just rush outside to the graveyard and uh, take a look around, see if anything looks sus. Yep. So it's now about mid afternoon, about two thirty. Um, as you make your way back into the main hall of the church, seeing you know all the 
pews, the organ, the dais, uh, the lectern, the baptismal font, um, the light still radiant coming through the stained glass windows. You make your way back out into the clean, fresh air of the afternoon, standing on the stone steps of the church, looking to your right now. You can see the picket fence and the graveyard. Yeah, we'll head round uh, to the to the graveyard proper, um, and I'll do a perception check to see see what I can see. Uh, can I get a health action from Belsiar and Aristobulus? Sure, roll with advantage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, twenty-two. 22. Uh, small rundown picket fence running around the outside of a graveyard with various stone um, headstones, much of a muchness. Some are just the standard rectangular inscribed type. Some have religious symbols. You see one which is like a monolith style gravestone. And there's at least two almost like mausoleum-looking buildings within the graveyard. All of this surrounded by a slightly weather-worn picket fence and a small gate that says, um, please respect the dead, no ball game." Feels about right. Um, um, unless, that's, unless that's a sign uh, made ex- exclusively because of the fertility festival. In which case, that's very appropriate. Oh, ball games. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is now like, um, what you call it, like hatch around the back of the church that like goes into a basement or something like that. Is there, there is a secret door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You make the secret door roll. <laughs> um, going around the back of the church in that case. Oh, um, I, thought that's where the, I thought that's where the graveyard was. Now nah, you're on the left. So on the left-hand side of the church, you're in the graveyard. As, just for the sake of narrative, you go around the back, you see um, a small patio that's got some garden furniture, um, a barbecue, and um, like a children's play area, but there's not really a great deal. No no secret door to some underground crypt. Well, um, I guess uh, we'll, check the, we'll check the mausoleums, um, see if there's anything, anything there. Uh, going to the first mausoleums, you see um, there, there's um, a door with chains wrapped around it and padlock. Um, can I see the second one from here? Is it? Does it look like they're both they're both locked up in the same way? Uh, the one you're standing by looks like it's chained up, um, chains wrapped around two bars on the door of the padlock. The other one just looks like it's two wooden doors. Push together. Oh, there's no with a rudimentary keyhole. No match for us. I'll go. I'll check the second one first. That feels. If anyone, if anyone was using this as a secret passageway that they were currently, they were currently in. I don't know if they'd. I don't know if they they'd use the chain every time. Yeah, I'll check the second one first. See if I can open the. See if I can unlock the door. Um. Yep. As you go up to it, you see very very. Old, weather-worn door, just slightly ajar. You can see over time the lock is warped. Oh, okay. Due to sunlight and age. I'll push the door, push the door open, um, and head inside. See what, see what we see. 
Um, make me a dexterity saving throw. Ooh, baby. Uh, 15. 15. Diving to one side, you feel claws raking across your cheek as a black and white raccoon comes leaping out of the darkness, bolting across the graveyard, snickering as it vanishes around a corner. As you lift your hand to your cheek, it comes back wet with beads of blood. Hmm. Interesting. Fucking raccoons. Can I make a a history check to see if raccoons are connected to vampires? (laughs) Yes. Make me a religion check. Ah. Oh, I've got I've got plus three to religion. I never get to make religion checks. Uh, that's a nine. A nine. Um, you you think back to your childhood days, um, when you and Flag and Soul Spring were pally. You wish you'd paid more attention, um, in defense against the dark arts class, the vampire class. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing coming back. We'll put that in the maybe pile. Put that in the maybe pile. Can I head into the mausoleum and do a quick, do a quick check around for like, um, I don't know, uh, anything out of place, anything, um, any like um, weird secret entrances? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> secret entrances. Um, yeah, you can make me an investigation check. Uh, nine. Nine. What starts with a cursory glance, at first you're now starting to get paranoid and frustrated as you start turfing, like, casks and, like, urns out the way as grey powder spills out of one down your trouser leg, um, as you cannot find any kind of magical lever or secret stairways. You've now got the ancient dead under your fingernails and down your trouser leg. There's only one way out of this, I think. Can can I step out of the mausoleum and just shoot a fireball at the other mausoleum? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just frustrated at this point. It's gotta it's gotta be one of these. And I'm I'm not okay. I'm not picking locks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't pick locks, I shoot fireballs, baby. Uh yeah, I I that's it. <laughs> Do I need to roll to? to... Yeah, roll, roll damage. Well, roll, roll to hit, I suppose. I mean, you're shooting. No, because it's a it's a dex saving throw. So if it's a building, it's uh, not really gonna. It... Yeah, you can't dodge. <laughs> you can't. Oh, is it a dex saving throw on a fire? Yeah, no. Yeah, actually, yeah. That can it, unless it can make a saving throw. I think it hits. All right. I mean, just for shits and giggles, roll me a d twenty and add your proficiency. Uh... Efficiency bonus. That's 11. 11. Out of sheer frustration, um, a bit like in Point Blank, where, you know, Keanu just loses his kind of like wits and just starts discharging his gun into the air. Um, you, you just, you've reached the end of your tether. As Tatty, you look over, um, you come out of the mausoleum covered in grit and grime and dirt and, and ash. You look over at your crocoborn friend who's finally reached the end of his tether as you see him, like, slumped on a grave, holding on to the wound in his chest as he utters some words, bellows some crockish, 
at the top of his voice as a fireball erupts out of his wizard's sleeve, <laughs> wafting down the aisle of the cemetery, slamming into the side of the mausoleum. You see it buck and shake as a hole is blown in the side of it and stone tumbling in all directions as a blackened crater is blown in the side as you you hear screams coming from the greed in the centre of the village. Cool. Uh, Uh, Related to the fireball? Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I guess I, I carefully wander through the wreckage see if I can see anything in this in this mausoleum stepping into make me an investigation check um cool uh 24 24 bursting in with an energy that you didn't know you had standing in the blazing wreckage of the mausoleum you look round and see stone crypts have smashed open and now Fire is licking over the burial robes of various corpses and the, the, the thin light which is given off from this. You see just so many bones now protruding from coffins, ash spilt across the floor, dust in all places. This is sacrilege at its very highest. Some would say a vampire using a church as a base of operations is is possibly casting the first stone. Yeah, it's, the, it's the greater the, the greater evil. Yeah. As you feel a hand on your shoulder, Tatty, as you look on at the wreckage, you look up at the elderly leathery leathery. You look up at the elderly leathery hand of Edith as she is like. How's it going? <laughs> I see you're making progress. Fucking great, Edith. We've made an explosive discovery. <laughs> We've blown this case wide open. <laughs> I see you've made your way into the Samson family mausoleum. We lost the key to the lock a long time ago. Ah. You're welcome. <laughs> Good. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, we, we do solutions here. If you're looking for problems, you're in the wrong place. You see her pick up a skeletal arm and put it back into a coffin and slowly push the lid of the coffin back on. And she's like, well, I think maybe we should pursue other angles. As we're going to quickly pan across to Hannah, she has burst one arm free of his restraint. Now, bag over his head, feet clasped firmly together by rope at his ankles, one arm tied behind his back to his waist. You've now got one arm free. Right, here we go. I'm going to jump to one side, and as I'm jumping with my free arm, I'm going to take the bag off my head. All right. And roll, probably. So, make me an acrobatics check. Damn right. Well done. Well done. Thirteen. Thirteen. As you jump to one side swing a hand up grab at the top of the hood with your with your sore aching arm you pull the hood upright 
just as a hand grabs onto your wrist, you feel it in a vice-like grip. Looking down out the bottom of the hood, you see an alabaster bosom silhouetted perfectly at the bottom of the hood in a black dress as you're slammed backwards into the wall. I need you to make me a opposed athletics check against the person who is holding you in place. 14. 25. As you feel yourself pushed back into the wall, the vice-like grip once more upon you, you feel a hand on the top of your head pull the bag up and over your head as the light inside hurts your eyes they burn now somewhere between the brightness of the light and the stomach acid from where you vomited into your hood which has seeped into your eyes and is now burning you see the cold white shape of the vampiress in front of you beautifully svelte in her timeless black dress cold dead eyes you realize now that you haven't heard her breathe much one of the things she doesn't do is breathe as you're pinned in a vice-like lock you see her turn your head to one side and slowly place her cold lips on your neck as you buck and struggle against her can i do anything or am i am i strengthed out and what would you like to do in terms of do i have time to like quickly scan the room for things to use and then use it or do i just have time to flail i'd say you've got time for one last something you've got in your inventory do i i, I thought i'd be like all my inventory would take, take, be taken off me so i've still got i've still got all my stuff name something and we'll see whether we've We've still got stomach acid. Alright, hold on. <laughs> Projectile vomiting. I'll say you haven't got your weapons or anything that would be perceived as dangerous, but you might have smaller items. Okay, bear with. You're not naked. Alright, uh, I'm gonna... If I've got my beans, I'm gonna throw my beans on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. <laughs> oh. That'll do it. Right, I dump all my beans on the floor. Uh, so all my beans are gone after this. How many beans are there? Well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I may have already should have run out. But now I think you only used you only used two. Like yeah. Okay, so I've got I've got a bean left. Yeah, you got so... one bean. All right, make your bean roll. In fact, it said that they bags and contents onto the ground. It didn't say at what point you do that. They explode in a 10-foot radius extending from the beans. Each creature in the area, including myself, must make a DC 15 dexterity saving throw, taking 5d4 fire damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful save. Yikes. Okay. Cool. So, sorry, hang on. So run that by me again. Apologies, I was just getting some stats up there. Uh, they're gonna make a dexterity saving throw of 15. I failed. <laughs> We're taking a lot of damage. 17. Ah, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> she still takes half damage, right? Yeah, so she takes half damage, yeah. What was it, 5d4, did you say? Yeah. 10. So I take 10, they take 5. So, blowing yourself across the room, you feel yourself 
smash into the wall as the back of the vampiress is lit up. You see the back of her dress blazing and the back of her hair on fire as she snarls and hisses. Swatting away, you lie on the floor, crispy and bleeding, (laughs) as the vampiress looks down at you, stands for a while as her hair reforms, the wounds reheal as she picks you up, wholly lifts you off your feet as you stand swaying in front of her. Once again, she turns your neck to the side as you feel the anticipation of two sharp fangs protrude and scrape down the side of your neck as you hear a voice in your mind's eye that says, No! 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 He is mine! As two teeth plunge into your neckline, as you feel a warmth wash over yourself, your body shakes and shivers, a jolt going up and down your body, as you lose yourself, first tense, then loose. Your body bucks and shakes against the mouth and teeth as you feel them lap at your blood. (laughs) That is where we are going to leave this week's episode. Look how nervous Mr. Neil looks. Yeah, man. It's intense. That was very interesting. Unlike any other D&D thing I've done, I had to let it play out the way it was going to play out and not give you an easy way out because I wanted to... There were lots of ways that could have gone and it's very interesting to see the different things that happened. And I had various contingencies depending on what you investigated, where you went, what you rolled and what you discovered. But, woof, that's got to be one of the tensest cliffhangers we've ever left this podcast on. I know. We usually burst in just in time, but are we too late this time? Well, <laughs> next week. <laughs> I was I was very impressed with your with your fight back. Like I I was really enjoying all the different things you did to try and get yourself out of this predicament. I particularly like where you ran balls first onto the corner of a table <laughs> right at the beginning <laughs> and vomited into your own vomited into your own hood. A vampire has a hell of a lot of health points. Like a hell of a lot of health. Yeah, vampires are no joke in in D and D. They're uh, they're fucking yeah. Um, the, the, needless to say, the five health points you took off it would barely be a smack on the ass. But I'm curious to see where things go. Oh God, we've left that on a on a on a on a scary note. We'll have to see what happens. Hopefully, this witch doctor is. Uh... What you mean, um, Jiffy Foofwood? Yeah, I'm hoping Jiffy Foofwood can can poof me up. Yes. Yeah. If you if you guys had. You know, who knows whether you'd 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 followed that thread and not gone to the church? Who can say? But uh, I'm excited to see where things go. Never has there ever been a more tense cliffhanger on the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. I'm wondering how frustrated Mr. Neil looks right now. <laughs> All good. All good. <laughs> All good. All good. He's never wanted it to be next week so much in his life yeah 
he's I, I reckon I reckon Mr. Neil's gonna take the week off work and he's gonna like download the full encyclopedia on vampires <laughs> and be doing his reading all the folklore all the myths all the legends yeah we'll we'll leave the ch- we'll leave the church and quit the search and just go just go looking for anti vampire and then we'll be like yeah this will this will keep and I shall keep and uh, <laughs> I shall keep yeah well right any more before we wrap up it's always me <laughs> 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 I loved, I loved your fucking like whiplash changes in voices. So, it was absolutely my favorite. It was brilliant. Thing. I was going for like when Peralta on Nine Nine trying to do like soothing voices while um. T- oh yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I was going oh, for. It didn't yeah. come off. <laughs> Did genuinely make all the the requisite rolls um, to see whether you were persuading the vampress whether you're like you know smart and sultry kind of like foreplay was having an effect it was difficult though because i realized a vampire doesn't really breathe um being undead so yeah i was trying to play along humorously but there's there's only so much uh, you know cold dead corpse is going to get turned on by your unique blend of sleep sneeze sneeze sleeze a vampire's in this universe is like they don't like having any social skills they're just like <laughs> yeah just uh, just just really well, like, just really hot but with no social skills well you know like in resident evil they're like oh hey what's going on oh i see they to play and interact whereas like, these vampires like straight to business I think the, the, I mean this this one so far has been pretty straight to business. The only thing I think you might have done is annoyed it because she's been wearing that dress for about two hundred years, and uh, you've just set fire to it. Um, I'm pretty sure she can heal. I'm not 100 percent sure her outfit can. So if if the Capcom legal department are listening, none of us have heard of Resident Evil Seven. <laughs> it's true. We know. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. I've never even heard of vampires. <laughs> I don't even know what bosoms are. <laughs> <laughs> and just have interest if the estate of Anne Rice is listening. Um, everything that's or Bram Stoker, for that matter, everything is purely, purely original content. Right there you go right before we let you go we just want to say a massive thank you for tuning in for another dollop of fun packed fantasy fuck nuggetry seeing as you made it this far why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never miss another episode again better yet if you're feeling juicy why not consider giving us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on all your reviews and recommendations go a long way towards helping tatty and co hunt down their missing friend that's the kind of motivation they need right now five star reviews if you fancy chatting to us about anything you've heard across the course of this episode your best bet is to come and find us on twitter where you can find us at adventurers a-n-o number one and you can also find us on instagram and facebook if you look hard enough so that just leaves time for us to say a huge goodbye from our exsanguinated friend Mr. Chris Rag. Goodbye. Bye forever. <laughs> Wasn't the goodbye I was hoping for. It's a massive goodbye from the cheesy wounder himself, Mr. Matt Durant. Keep on cheesing. <laughs> <laughs>
from the man who 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 blew up a mausoleum in frustration. Uh, and it is a massive goodbye from the most nervous-looking Mr. Chris Neal I have ever seen in all the years I've known him. What's going to happen to Honosh? <laughs> yeah. Right, we're all off to sharpen some steaks and smear garlic all over ourselves. But before we do, Matt, have you got a tune to play us out? Um, it, it's a it's a tense one this week. The most tense anyone has ever been is after Chris Rag says, Hey, baby, it's all good. I'm Christopher Walken. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Hey, I'm bleeding here. I'm bleeding here, buddy. That wasn't. That was a terrible walk, and I'm so sorry. All right. With any luck, listeners, we will see you back here next week. But in the meantime, remember: stay, stay tipsy, stay flirty, stay cheesy. Right. That's the end. Go home, piss off, <laughs> and look after yourself. Goodbye. And that's a wrap.